Princess Rise for their Majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Are you ready, Caitlin? I'm ready. I'm ready. Just had to dance a little. Dance it out. We're both wearing like a cute little prints today. Mm-hmm. I like it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Caitlin Menza. And I'm Lisa Ryan. And it's time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. Need. You need it. (laughs) Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Subscribe to the podcast. And if you wouldn't hate it, leave us the royal rating of a five-star review. Only if you wouldn't hate it. Yeah. And you can send us an email at info at gallerypodcasts.com to share love and comments or questions, topics you'd like for us to address, whatever. Fun. Your facts. outfit. Yeah, your outfit from yesterday. <laughs> whatever you're feeling. On this week's episode, um, <laughs> we have Kate Middleton feeling broody. Because a baby is Diddy. Yeah, it's a whole other language. <laughs> we love the Brits. Um, we have a baby Sussex update, of course. And Wills and Harry have been keeping busy as well. Very busy. Yeah, everyone's really getting to work. They're all, it's March Madness. I think this is yeah. what March Madness is. March Madness. Um, and first, uh, before we get going, we have a royal refreshment. Um, this is made by Lisa. <laughs> we struggled. <laughs> she struggled. And now it's time for the Weekly Royal Cocktail. It's Crown Royal Whiskey and Ginger, which is delicious. Uh, We had some struggles. Mine is still browner. I added more ginger ale, Caitlin. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) I think you're just going to be drinking like a lot of whiskey and a little ginger. It's just so full. I'm actually worried about holding it near the microphones and stuff. Go for it. Yeah, whatever. YOLO. Not my equipment. Let's drink it. Mine is great because mine is full of ice and it's a normal color. Mine is in a wine glass filled completely to the brim. (laughs) Mm. That's fine. It's fine. Yeah, that's fine. But you just put it really far away from you. So now I feel like you're <laughs> gaslighting me and you're never going to drink it. I'm not, and I'm, <laughs> I'm really insecure. I'm not gaslighting you. It's just the closest, you know, horizontal surface. Fine. Again, that's far away from the mics. Fine. I'm very clumsy. Um, and what do we have for... Wait, do we do listener email first? Yes, let's do it. Okay. Shall you read? Yes, it's very cute. It's from Ellen and... Uh, she's a college student from the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Shout out Wisco, which our listener Katie also shouted out. So I guess it is common. It's really a thing. People say Wisco. Wisco, wow. So I'm going to edit it down a little bit because it's a little long. Um, she says, my royal origin story was sparked when I requ- was requested to give a presentation about Princess Diana in fourth grade. Presenting in maroon ball gown and tiara, I poured my heart out to my class and I have been consumed by the, by the royal family ever since. When I was 12, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge were married. Yowza, we're freaking old. I know. That was my first thought as well. She's Louise. Yeah. Um, oh. We're married. I'm sorry. I'm so distracted by my age. and I'm thinking about death now. I don't know. I was like um, in my second year of working when they got married. Yeah. So, I think I was like, I think it was 24, 23, 24. Yeah, 24. Yeah. 24. Um, so she goes on. So I threw a tea party for my friends. At the party, we had fish, goldfish, and chips, tortilla chips, and sweet Cute. tea. Being the royal lover and creative genius that I am, I also made a hat out of a red solo cup. Now, oh she sent us imagery of these events. Um, 
What I believe is the gown for the Princess Diana presentation is truly spectacular. The attention to detail is extraordinary. And I love a fish and chips um, that is being broken down for 12-year-olds because also fish and chips is kind of 12-year-old food. I understand, Ellen, if you could not cook it yourself. Mm-hmm. But that's why I love fish and chips. It's just like chicken fingers and french fries of the British variety. Yes. And fish, of course. And she also says... Continuing on, in high school, I won Homecoming Queen. Damn. No big deal. (laughs) Just a popular girl writing in. Um, And I truly felt like the queen that I was meant to be. Although the duchesses will never visit Wisconsin. Hey, who knows? I don't know. Megan likes food and Wisconsin has cheese. Yeah. Also, um, Queen Elizabeth, remember we were discussing in one previous episode, maybe last summer, all the visits she's made to the United States. She's come here like 12 times and she's gone to Kentucky and all kinds of states in the mid. Well, it's not the Midwest, but like she's gone to states you wouldn't expect. It's not all New York, D.C. and L.A. But Kentucky with the horses. Kentucky with the horses. <laughs> right. Right. Um, she says, I dedicated my crown to Meghan Markle and Kate Middleton. Oh, beautiful. That's so wonderful. Thank you, Ellen. We love this. I like it very much. Um, Oh, and she also, (laughs) her freshman year of college, I chose to live in a dorm 15 minutes away from campus called Cambridge Commons. I never admitted it to my parents, but I only lived there because it had the same name as my favorite royal family. That's true dedication. True dedication. I hope it was an okay dorm. Yes. Although I assume it was not because it was a dorm. And again, when she attached the photo, she said, below are the embarrassing photos of me as a young royal lover. They are not embarrassing photos. They are truly inspiring. We have her homecoming queen photo. We have the picture of her as giving the Diana presentation in really spectacular royal gown. And this tea party. Though you've made us feel old, you have also amused us. Wow. So thank you, Ellen. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, And then we have This Week in Royal History. And now, This Week in Royal History. Oh, yes. And let me lead that one, please. Would you like to prepare your cocktail as well? Oh, yes. I'll drink it. I'll have a sip. (laughs) So I'm going to cue up something. One second. Oh, I... Again, I love when you show and tell. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Um, And so this week in Royal History, we are recording. What day is it? Oh, it's a Tuesday. We're recording on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. um, February. February. March. It's March. But what day? Fifth. Tuesday, March 5th. (laughs) And so this week in Royal History, a really important royal consort was born on March 12th undisclosed year due to identity (laughs) theft purposes and someone or two people have a very special message for her it's caitlin oh my god hi this is heather and this is jessica (gasps) from go fug yourself and the royal we and we just wanted to wish caitlin a birthday that's happier than william and kate on a sports date and a year with more blessings than Meghan markle has beige trench coats (gasps) so pop on a tiara And pop some corks and have a fantastic birthday. Happy birthday. Oh, my God. Lisa. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I love them so much. Oh, I'm very purple now. I'm really good at keeping secrets. Oh, my God. You're such a good secret keeper. (laughs) Matt, our producer, just spit out his water. (laughs) What a wonderful gift. I thought we were going to talk about Princess Anne. Well, we are. (sighs) But first, we're just going to say this is the... Last episode for your birthday, so I hope you have a very happy birthday. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much, Lisa. And thank you, Fug Girls. Yeah, the Fug Girls. I've been reading them every, and I tell them this every single time we email with them. And I'm like, no big deal. I've been reading you guys truly every single day since college. So maybe that makes them feel as old as Ellen made me feel. I don't know. 
I hope not, because that is truly a wonderful gift. Thank you so much, Lisa. Uh, it is true. I turn an undisclosed date. No, I'm turning 32 next week. <laughs> That's rough. I tried to protect you. Listen, Caitlin, identity theft is real. I got an email. Was it this morning? I don't, I'm really bad at dates. It was either yesterday or today. I can't remember. But at 7.30, I woke up and I looked at my freaking phone and I had an email from Hulu saying that someone in Kuala Lumpur signed into my account. So you gotta watch out. You do have to watch out, but I am turning 32 and that information will be out there because I plan on posting about it on Instagram and assorted (laughs) places. Um, Thank you so much, Lisa. That's really nice. I was like, it's not Princess Anne's birthday. That's I knew we were going toward Princess Anne and I was like, it's not her birthday though. What are you talking about? Well, you're my royal consort. so emotional. Ah! Okay, so on to Princess Anne. I need a drink. So I guess our royal history was a three-parter. It started mm-hmm. with Caitlyn being born. Mm-hmm. And then it goes to Princess Anne celebrating five decades of public service on the international stage. Um, the Daily Mail had this article the other day, and I thought that it was really nice because we really like Princess Anne. We don't get to chat She's about badass. her much. She's such a badass. And so... Uh, The Daily Mail writes that um, her official debut took place 50 years ago on March 1st, 1969, St. David's Day, when she handed out leaks to the Welsh Welsh guards at, oh God, Burbright? Burbright. Burbright Camp in Surrey. Now, leeks. She handed out leeks as in the oniony vegetable? I believe so. That's cool. Um, They said... An important ceremonial occasion, certainly, but hardly the most glamorous of royal or public duties. Yet since then, she has never stopped carrying out up to five engagements a day and clocking up more than 20,000 in total. That's 400 plus a year, many on behalf of the 340 charities and causes of which she is either president, patron or member. Those are some crazy stats. She's so badass. She's just working. She works on behalf of 340 charities. Like, not just she has visited 340. Like, 340, she's either president, patron or a member. And she's gone to 20,000. It is estimated she's had 20,000 engagements over the course of her life she must be really good at small talk that is so many outfits can you imagine if one day megan markle has amassed twenty thousand events on behalf of the family then our podcast will last forever Mm -hmm. it's content for us but wow she yeah she's always like known as one of the hardest working royals Mm -hmm. um she really shows up her nieces and nephews very often and everyone else and everyone else like even her brother so that's really crazy and it it notes the daily mail noted that she's traveled the world on as a royal and on behalf of her organizations and recent trips include bangladesh sierra leone mozambique ethiopia and bosnia um meeting everyone from presidents and prime ministers to some of the most vulnerable people in the world truly truly incredible um and so wow look at her go very impressive yes and on the day we're recording it was the 50th um celebration of prince charles's investiture as prince of wales yes so both of them had these landmark weeks but she didn't really get as much you know because she's not the heir so even I had to give her a shout out even though in 2018 she did more events than prince charles i know right like more working days women that's <laughs> classic ladies working <laughs> classic um so uh this is a town and country article about charles Prince Charles has now officially been the Prince of Wales for half a century. He received the title, which is traditionally given to the eldest son of the reigning monarch of the United Kingdom, in 1968 via letters patent. But his formal investiture didn't would not take place until the following year. 
So I like the words of his oath, okay? I'm gonna recite it. This is the oath he took. I, Charles, Prince of Wales, do become your liege man of life and limb and of earthly worship and faith and, and truth. I will bear unto thee to live and die against all manner of folks. Very nice. I like they say folks. Folks. <laughs> yes. Man of life and limb. Um, and the queen bestowed upon Charles five pieces of insignia that day, a sword, coronet, ring, gold rod, and the kingly mantle. Now, this, we've been seeing photos of the investiture since it's the 50th anniversary. And weirdly, the photo of this massive event in his life actually just made me think of the paparazzi images we've seen of the crown season three so far, because that was Ooh. one of the scenes that we've seen them filming for the crown. <gasps> was it? Yes. And of course, you'd have to be a true royal expert the kind the true royal historian <laughs> the kind of which lisa and i are not and we've never professed to be never professed to be but yeah there were paparazzi images of olivia coleman filming and she's wearing the outfit that was like very clearly from the and people lined it up to say oh that's the investiture ceremony so that we know that that scene will be in season three of the crown unless they're messing with us and filming like fake scenes but that's a very expensive thing to do i mean sex in the city did it i was just gonna say that <laughs> i was gonna give that example um they didn't fake enough though because we all knew that Carrie was going to get married and then like thrash big with flowers because everyone had images of that being filmed. But anyway, we know at least that that scene is being filmed for season three of The Crown. So we'll we'll learn even more about a, the investiture when that uh, episode airs, if it ever does, because, you know, they're killing me. And remember how um, we were talking about Olivia Coleman winning the Oscar and we we're like, Netflix needs to like put out a trailer or like some yes. pictures. There was another picture this week. Yeah, like, of a, hers, like one of the formal. Yeah. yeah. So just Give it to me, please. I now have accepted it's going to be two full years between seasons, which is hella rude. But whatever, please. We're Just very please. impatient. It's We're very <laughs> difficult for us to live. It is. Um, but so the 50th anniversary of the investiture ceremony gave us a lovely event very early this morning. Yes. So we discussed this as, I think, one of our highs from last week, right? We were like, this is coming up and it's going to be super glam, a daytime event with oh, yeah. all, you know, gangs all here, Camilla, Charles, Queen, all Fab Four. And forgive me, I found today's event a little lackluster. Well, yeah, it was just like an early reception during the day. It wasn't really anything formal or fancy. We got to see pictures of the Cambridges and the Sussexes, which is nice for us. Yeah. The photos were all from indoors. Like we didn't have those sort of big arrival moments of people stepping out of cars and those Mm -hmm. things like how we usually see them. You know, it was just the gang like in their home, you know, basically. But I mean, everyone looked great. I really, I mean, I liked Kate Middleton's uh, pale blue or mint. I'm not sure which one, but one of those dresses. But I really liked Megan's outfit. I swear, if you look at her from the front, you can't tell she's pregnant. It's crazy. It's really incredible. Yeah, I loved, loved her dress, which, though I will say, last time I read about it, earlier today, she didn't, I didn't have a designer credit for the dress. No, same for um, Kate Middleton, Kate's. I believe. Yeah, I saw speculation that apparently she had hers made, like, by a private dressmaker, which is intriguing, um, but we don't have a credit on Megan's either. Uh, Megan wore a really cool metallic printed dress, which is like very up my alley. Of course, not in maternity version, it is. Um, but like short. And she wore uh, her white coat over it, the Amanda Wakely coat that we've seen her wear a couple of times. Um, I thought she looked, yeah, really, really great. Loved Megan's dress. Thought Kate's was, you know, pretty Kate. <laughs> like, yeah, she pretty, looked nice, but it was know. like, okay. Yeah, it felt like very Victorian. It was like tiny little buttons up in the chest and then it was a kind of a high neck. Um, Yeah, they were like looking at stuff in glass cases. 
you know. And like talking with talking. people. It wasn't like a super thrilling event. Not as glam as I would have liked. It could have been like a nighttime reception with tiaras and ball yeah. gowns. But I guess this is okay. Why didn't they do that? Why didn't they do that? Or like give me the kids or something because you're inside. Yeah. I'm really, I guess I'm very needy this week with my demands. I mean, you are, but it's okay because it's almost your birthday. <laughs> yeah. So. Birthday girl Caitlin would like, would have liked some kids there. That would have really helped things. And the crown. And the crown. And if they had worn tiaras, I just don't think it's like too much to ask. Um, but yeah, so that event happened. Um, I will say though, we've gotten a lot of super cute Kate stuff recently yes so that is helping me out um I coming like, on the heels of a really big megan week we yes. have a lot of kate stuff we have a lot of kate stuff so first uh we woke up to a surprise uh visit to northern ireland that had not been announced um and so yes. they just popped up uh, the cambridges went to northern ireland for a couple of days and all of these events seemed tailor-made for Kate Middleton. Yes. <laughs> they were all her favorite kind of thing. It was like they had a canoe race, like she and William raced boats. Uh, she played soccer with kids. And I urge you to watch a video if you haven't, because she's like very competitive, <laughs> like not overly so, like not trying too hard. It's just really funny because she's not what I would do if I were being filmed sporting would be like a delicate kick and even that would be embarrassing but she's like really running up and down the field with kids she's a sporty girl she's a really sporty girl um also i want to note because i edited a story about this when she was doing the soccer event of football for her um <laughs> she wore uh well she and william were both there but focusing on her as per usual um she wore 52 dollars new balance sneakers that's cool that is cool you know it's always nice when they wear something under a hundred dollars because i'm like i could do that I'm we're exactly that. like them <laughs> just like you um so i liked that um at the nighttime reception we saw her wear that beautiful sparkly pale green missoni dress it was truly gorgeous i yeah. she looked absolutely stunning in it yeah i loved it i mean i love a sparkly dress you know and also Call like me basic to you know like the cut of it was really flattering it looked like she could wear it for like a nice night out like, like it could it could shift to a cocktail dress yeah it, yeah it was just like great but she pulled a pint she pulled a pint she's a sporty girl and i guess a cool girl she yeah she she and jennifer lawrence you know <laughs> real guys girls and rachel from vulture <laughs> and rachel from vulture the cool girls yeah they she and wills um at a nighttime reception they went behind the bar to pull pints for people and will kind of William sort of was like, no, you go first, you know? And she's like, okay, fine. I will. And she just like reaches up, no hesitation. And um, I'm like, what will we call that in American vernacular? She poured a beer. Yeah. She poured a draft beer. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's just um, funny because I don't know. I worked in restaurants for so long in like my first year in New York, I worked at a sports bar at night and I interned unpaid, of course, because laws have changed. But I unpaid. Publishing. I, well, this wasn't publishing. No. Oh, that's right. You've had a rich and varied life. Yes. How I forget. <laughs> Very rich and varied. Mm -hmm. But, you know, unpaid interning by day. Um, sports bar by night. Well, mm -hmm. waitressing. Yeah. And sometimes sports. Uh, sorry. Sometimes sports barring. Sometimes uh, bartending. But like I've pulled so many freaking pints in mm -hmm. my life. I've never made it look good. I spilled beer on so many people. <laughs> it's actually a problem. 
I went back to that bar. It closed, but I went back not too long ago. And I was like, do you remember me? They're like, how could we forget you spilled a lot? Really? That's nice. Well, I mean, like, they're like, you're really bad. (laughs) You were memorably bad. Um, But yeah, she just looked like so good and cool at it. And she was laughing a lot. The whole trip, like, she just seemed super in her element. But you want to know my favorite moment from this entire trip? Please. Okay. And this is something that I was alerted to by you, Caitlin. Oh, oh yes, via yes, G-chat. yes, yes. Um, so she went out on a walkabout and she saw a little baby. And mm-hmm. this is a video I'm sure everyone has seen now because everyone is obsessed with it because everyone thinks it means something. But she saw this little baby and she said, he's a very sweet little boy. He's so ditty. Makes me very broody. Wow, wow, wow. My reaction, as I'm sure yours was, was, what the heck does that mean? What are any of those words? What language is this? I was like, very sweet little boy. Got that. (laughs) He's so ditty. What? Broody? Like, brooding? Angsty? Like, what is happening? So I asked a British person at work for the cut, and she told me, one of my coworkers, she told me it means he's so small, he makes me want a baby, literally. Mm. And then I... Is Diddy the small word? Yeah. Diddy means like... He's so Diddy. Um, I have the dictionary Like definition. just a little Diddy. And it's spelled D-I-D-D-Y, like the rapper producer, not like Diddy, D-I-T-T-Y, like a song. Yeah. It means like a small projection or a nib. <laughs> I don't know. But like broody... <laughs> and broody means words. wanting a baby. But then somebody... I don't know who. I don't even know if it's a listener. I might have just been like a cut reader. Um, but somebody like tweeted at me, wait, do Americans not say that? And I was like... No, 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 no. Um, so I, in general, am a broody person is what I would take away from this. Like um, angsty? No, like broody, like I'm baby crazed at all times. Oh, I've yeah. been baby crazed since I was a teenager. I'm obsessed with babies. I love hanging out with babies. I'm always going to hold your baby. Whenever a friend is a baby, I'm like, let me come over. You should be one of the Sussex godparents. I mean, listen, not for lack of desire, um, but I have been broody since I was a teenager. And so that is, I love that the British vernacular has so many terms for this because broody is not the only one. I know there's another one and I can't think of what it is. There's like all these other slangy things that mean like I'm obsessed with babies. Clucky. Clucky is the other one. Clucky? Yeah, like I'm feeling a little clucky after seeing that cutie. cluck, cluck, cluck? Yeah. I'm listen. Like a freaking chicken? Yeah. I'm sorry. I hope I don't sound ignorant. (laughs) I'm sure I sound incredibly ignorant, actually. No, it's slang, though. It's not like it's, you know... And it's not an SAT word, but I remember, um, I, I think <laughs> I, I do know a lot of those. <laughs> yeah. But I like flashcards. that there's a word for that because baby obsessed, I don't know, as a 32 year old woman just sounds like creepy. I think a 32 year old unmarried woman. I'm like, give me a baby. And everyone's like, okay, Bridget Jones. But like this, <laughs> I like that there's a word for it. So she sees a little baby and she's like, oh, I want another one. And so the person in the crowd said baby number four. And she said, I think William would be a little worried. So, of course, she says it's, like, very innocent thing. Like, you see a cute baby, and I'm like, oh, I want one. But she just says this innocent thing, and, of course, the second it comes out of her mouth, it was being reported all over planet Earth. Kate Middleton wants baby number four, which maybe she does. Which maybe she does. And we've had, um, I don't remember who we had on that speculated um, that before. Slibitchy. Yeah, Slibitchy was like, she's going to see baby Sussex, and she's going to want another one. We've also discussed in the past that 
at the christening for Prince Louis last year, she looked super just obsessed with her baby, which again, maybe this all seems super obvious, but I remember reading maybe the Fug Girls, the beautiful bestowers of that birthday wish to me earlier this episode, saying that this might be her last baby and she just couldn't stop looking at Louis in every single photo. She just looks completely besotted. So yeah, maybe she thinks that was her last. And so she was like, ugh. This is it. This is the last time I get to hold a little baby. Um, so, you know, of course, there's speculation that there might be that she might have a fourth. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I just hope she's happy and healthy. Happy and healthy, please. Yes. And speaking of her babies, during the um, trip to Northern Ireland, she revealed that Prince George delivered a pretty sick burn. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of her playing soccer slash football, um, apparently George has commented on her soccer skills. Yes. So she said that he said that she's rubbish. That she's rubbish. Which is a word I know. Again, back to British slang, but the idea of that coming out of teeny tiny George's mouth in a British accent just crushes my heart. It is really cute. Even if it's kind of rude to say to your mom. Mommy, you're so rubbish. Mommy, you're so rubbish. Uh, Can we get like a five-year-old British boy in here to say something like that on the pod? Am I being creepy again? Yeah. Ugh, damn it. His parents can be here. Yeah, of course. Of course. I just, it'd be cool if we could have like a voiceover British five-year-old for these moments. I could do the accent from Oliver, but I feel like (laughs) everyone will just be offended. We also got, we so we got that from George, and we have another cute moment from Charlotte, not from her, but Kate Middleton revealed that she calls Charlotte Lottie. And she didn't, like, reveal that. She didn't say that sentence. So, by the way, we call Charlotte Lottie. She'll just, like, let it slip. Um, So, um, I'm reading from Elle, who cites... Daily Mail and a blogger heard the nickname when during the one of the walkabouts, I think. And so the quote from Laura Ann is, I said, oh, she's talking about her kid. I said, he is four. And she said, oh, he's the same age as Lottie. She calls her Lottie. Like, so she just let it slip. Like she saw, you know, someone was like, oh, I have a four year old. And she's like, oh, my God, same age as Lottie. Well, Lottie's not four yet. Lottie's going to be four in May. Yeah. Isn't that so cute? Lottie. It's, it's just like freaking Phantom of the Opera. Okay, so I'm not a huge Broadway little Lottie aficionado. <laughs> I so. only know like five musicals. My my friends who actually know musicals, they always make fun of me for not knowing enough. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I only know musicals from like Andrew Lloyd Webber from the 90s and 80s. I only know them when they've been made into movies that I have seen like Rent. Well, I was listening to that earlier. So. <laughs> uh, only the really, point. really obvious references, but delighted by the nickname of Lottie. That's and what I'm calling her on this podcast from here on out. It's so cute. Yeah. I hope for many a news story to come up so I have an opportunity to call her Lottie. Princess Lottie. It's so cute. Oh, my God. Sorry. This is weird. Kaylin wants a baby. Someone so give her cute. a baby. I'm so broody for the ditty. What? <laughs> when things are ditty, I'm so broody. <laughs> It's a crazy language, this King's English. God, we're just going to talk about more babies now. Yes, we are. I'm worried about you, Caitlin. Oh, 32, coming in hot. (laughs) Um, So, yes, we have a a baby Sussex update. So there have been lots of reports lately, because understandably, we all are just like so excited about this baby. We get so excited about any royal baby, but this is also Meghan and Harry's first baby, and it's so amusing. So lots of places have been kind of putting out things, and then some things have been kind of later like not necessarily debunked people are kind of like slow your roll um so 
you're being very cryptic. You have to explain. Well, I'm about to explain. She, she's, it. She, you're leading us. It's my leading. You're leading us in. Okay, thank you. So there was a report um, that Megan told friends at the baby shower that the baby, spoiler alert, but it might not be a spoiler alert because there's a 50% chance it's wrong, <laughs> will be a boy. Right. And so that went around. And then L, which again, they've been really connected with royal stuff. I'm yes. really impressed by all of their scoops. A source close to the royals told L that it's true that Meghan and Harry do know the sex of the baby, but they're not sharing it with the public. That seems right. Yeah, like... Doesn't that seem right? It's like, kind of slow your roll. Yeah. And then there was a thing where um, Vanity Fair published a story, um, and there was a quote from the story that said, uh, a source close to Meghan or somebody, I don't know, a source. Yeah, it was written by Katie Nichols. Yeah. And so a source said, Megan has been talking to some of her friends about the birth and how she and Harry plan to raise their baby. Her exact word was fluid. She said they plan to raise their child with a fluid approach to gender and that they won't be imposing any stereotypes. And then after that story got picked up by a lot of places, um, Kensington Palace said the story was totally false. But then Vanity Fair had an editor's note that kind of explained what happened. Where is it? Here's it. It says... The editor's note is, after this article was published, some outlets leapt to the conclusion that the Sussexes were planning to raise their child gender fluid, a claim Vanity Fair never made. Kensington Palace has raised no objection to Vanity Fair's article, though it has denied the gender fluid suggestion elsewhere. Right. So you can totally see how the sausage was made with this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Katie Nichols very well connected. She's a you know a very esteemed Royals reporter, and she's written for Vanity Fair a lot. Um, I'm sure she spoke to real sources who were like, you know, sure they're they're approaching. They're not super focused on the gender. They're raising the baby fluid or whatever, and that means then p- places aggregated it as Megan's raising the baby gender fluid, which is. Yeah, it's like the same words in a different order, but, you know. It's different. Yeah, for a tabloid press, it immediately becomes this big issue of like, oh, that Megan, she's so progressive. She's so untraditional. She doesn't see gender, you know. Yes. And that's us saying that the tabloid press is saying that. So that's not for the tabloid (laughs) press to quote us as saying. Yes, that's my interpretation. Um, I can see how that would get picked up. And I really roll my eyes at it because... I just think that's an ongoing narrative with Meghan Markle is she's so feminist, you know, she's so progressive, she's so political, when I don't think she's really done anything that's super any of those things. She's given speeches about women, the importance of women's education. If that's controversial, then I'm sad about the state of the world <laughs> that we should educate women. But mm-hmm. um, I just felt like it was another one of those situations where people were making Megan seem super American and super progressive and different. And like, she's trying to change things. She wants a gender neutral baby. It's just like, no, calm down. Yeah. I just feel like also anything I, again, I respect Katie Nicole. I, but I feel like anything that is sources said that Megan said this about her baby. I just like, don't really buy you know, until this baby arrives, like anything about the gender or I just don't buy it. Yeah. My takeaway was just we're all so excited about this birth and we all want so much information and every place is aggregating each other. Like I aggregate, you know, like we all do it. But it's just a, a reminder to be like, calm down. The baby's coming. Yeah. 
grain It'll of, be here soon. Yeah, and we'll grain, of, soon. grain of salt to a lot of it. I do think it's interesting that Kensington Palace chose to issue a statement about it because as we know, it takes a lot for them to do that. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot for them to speak up. Um, and they were like, no, this is absolutely false, um, which is a big deal. And that's why Vanity Fair then responded to be like, we stand by our reporting and Kensington Palace didn't disagree with our reporting. They disagreed with the way it was then picked up and, you know, sort of transmuted. Um, That reminds me, and we don't have it on this list, but um, earlier this week, uh, Buckingham Palace, the royal family, released a statement about the new guidelines for their social media. Now, when I saw this break, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, what happened? Because that's a big deal. Uh, Again, anytime I feel like the royal family makes a statement about bad people's bad behavior. I'm always like keen to pay attention to that. Um, But if you read the ex, like the new guidelines, they're pretty basic stuff. It's like we're going to start deleting um, racist comments and hateful things and hateful things on our Instagram and Twitter. Like if you respond with horrible things, we're going to delete it. But it did seem like a good step, of course, because they hadn't been doing that, leaving leaving all this like miserable stuff in the comments. Um, It's sad that they have to do this, but I'm glad they are like taking a step up. And they also said that if anybody says anything on social media that could be deemed dangerous, like a threat, they will be reporting it to the local authorities. You know what? I've seen some of the stuff that's been on their posts and it's been really horrible. So yeah, I'm glad they're doing it. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like overdue and I'm I'm glad that they're stepping up in this small way. So again, like a big week for the royal family being like, can you guys stop? Yeah, and then oh, um another baby update, an actual kind of update. Yeah. Um at the <laughs> again em- because it came from Megan's mouth. Yes. And so at the event today, um her father, not sorry, her father-in-law's uh investiture thingy mm-hmm. reception. Um she was speaking with someone and he said, how are you doing? How are you doing? I'm sure everyone is asking. She said, no, it's actually very sweet. It's a very sweet, nurturing thing to ask. We're nearly there. Amazing. Which like we all know. We can see it. But like, the next quote, this is from People Magazine. How's everything else going in Cardiff? Because she remembered that the guest was from Cardiff, Wales. And she said, um, I look different than the last time you saw me. Which I'm just really impressed that she meets a bajillion people a year now in her new role. It just kind of reminds me of, um, I just rewatched The Devil Wears Prada the other night. And you know how she has her assistants stand behind her and mm-hmm. like say, that's who that is and that's who this is. Megan doesn't need that. She just is like, oh, yes. Remember we met in Wales, which she's really good at this. Just a reminder. She's um, really good at it. But yeah, we're, all, we're nearly there, she said. She was quoted as saying, we're nearly there. It really does feel like we're all on this journey. And that in itself is kind of bizarre because yeah. I think a pregnancy is such a personal thing. And of course it is. It's like such a, it's your health, it's your life, it's yeah. everything. But we're all so invested in this baby and we are so invested in such like positive ways that we're just so excited. But it's it's a lot. Yeah. And, you know, private. But I am very excited. Um, we're nearly there. We are all nearly there. We did it. We did it. <laughs> Uh, not for nothing, by the way, not to keep bringing up my birthday, but in uh, the pool that I did with Town and Country, I had guessed March 12th. And that was when before she had said late April. And I, I felt really back, back in like December. I was like, yeah, it's gonna be March 12th. No, it's definitely nope. like late nope. April or early May. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, As she said. Wishful thinking. Uh, meanwhile, um, the husbands, the actual the princess were busy. 
So Prince Harry um, made an appearance this week um, at the Seuss and Bardo Memorial. He was uh, making an appearance in Birmingham where they were unveiling a memorial um, or commemorating it. And it was in memory of the 31 uh, British people who were killed in Tunisia in 2015 during two separate terrorist attacks. Um, One of them was on a beach. And so the memorial looks like a big wave. It's like a big wave of metal. Um, And it's really beautiful. And of course, Harry did a wonderful job. Um, It was a dedication ceremony. So that was lovely. And then he also met with some veterans at another event. speaking about psychosocial interventions for veterans and how to adjust to living with scars, you know, very serious events from him this week. Um, Though then we had a little um, to lighten all those things up when he came back from those events and landed at Kensington Palace in his helicopter. We saw someone. Yes. So this was a video that I saw on Twitter. The account was I am fairly. Mm -hmm. And the tweet says, Here is another video of the Sussex dog, which came with Prince Harry today. If it's not Guy, it's definitely their second dog. And then I was looking at the video and it's it. I mean, I don't really know what Guy looks like, but I don't think this looked like Guy. Well, Guy was a beagle. Yeah. But this dog was like white and brown or black. Mm -hmm. It looked almost Cocker Spaniel-y, honestly. So the video is quite grainy. Extremely far away. It's very far away. You can tell it's a dog. You can tell it's a dog because it's like running around in absolutely ecstatic circles. Um first but listen this is the closest we've gotten to sussex dog i don't think it was guy because i just didn't i don't think beagles move like that it looks cocker spaniel to me do we have yet another cocker spaniel in this family i have no idea but james middleton's been posting really existential dog yes i mean maybe he bred this one too again that's just speculation but maybe he bred the sussex dog as well who knows um for all the dog loving listeners out there if you could go find this video um of Prince Harry's dog with him arriving after these events and help me out with a breed ID. I would even speculation. I would deeply appreciate it. Yeah. Like no one was, I don't think anyone reported on this video. I couldn't even see. I didn't report. Yeah. It didn't get picked up many places because you're just like, there is Prince Harry at a dog from maybe, you know, 200 feet away. Or like you think it's Prince Harry and you think it's a dog. Like it's so (laughs) far away. Right. But I love this dog topic. So I'm happy to like, discuss it at length so if anybody else could watch the video and help us out i would really appreciate it and then william was also busy he went to the opening of the mayhew theater a new learning facility in the diplomatic academy building um according to kensington royal on twitter the theater is an innovative new space for learning and development built in a courtyard within the foreign office and he gave a speech and he said in part Investing in the people who make the, up the diplomatic service is vital, and so I am pleased to be here to help mark the next step toward that investment. Beautiful. Very heir to the throne Yes. I have to tell you, though, I don't even think I saw photos of that event. I saw them on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, it just goes to show that if Kate Middleton's not there, everybody's like, whatever. I know, but also we, <laughs> we work in me- women's media, so yeah, we have true. like that funnel where we're like, I, I sometimes have to remind myself, like, oh, there's life outside of Kate and Meghan. Yeah, no, it's just go- like, I mean, I saw plenty of coverage of Prince Harry at this memorial, um, maybe because it was especially beautiful and somber, but nothing about this Mayhew Theater. But of course, that's 
you know, he's the heir. He doesn't get the attention anymore. He's not carrying a baby or anything like that. So, well, someone's a little broody. Someone's broody. That's the judgment I make. Um, if you don't have a Bjorn on your chest, I'm not as interested in what you have to do. Um, good cause, though. Good cause. <laughs> the theater is very important. Um, we have one more update uh, from Eugenie. Yes. Huge. Huge. Um, the exhibit of her wedding dresses is now open at Windsor Castle. Yes, it opened on March 1st, and it shows her bridal gown and then her Zach Posen blush gown that she wore at the after party. Yes, and of course, Jack's like black and gray morning suit is also Who could even remember when there's a dress involved? (laughs) Who remembers anything else? Can I one-up the dress, though? Her emerald tiara that was lent from the queen is also there. Can the queen lend me a tiara? I know. I think that must be so cool. I would love to see that. so, yes, um, much like when Harry and Meghan's clothes went on display at Windsor, um, Eugenie also made a recording for visitors. She said to she says to them, I had always wanted a low back. Part of it was showing my scar. I believe scars tell a story about your past and your future, and it's a way of getting rid of a taboo. For me, it's a way of communicating with people who are going through either similar situations with scoliosis or having a scar of their own they are trying to deal with truly lovely um i like that she's taking that opportunity as well oh and beatrice's ralph and russo that purpley gown is also um up there oh yes and someone told us on twitter it's b not bia listen lisa ryan (laughs) was told she was wrong i always felt that as you know um there's an a i don't know (laughs) okay so before we adjourn the royal pod shall we do some highs and lows It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. Every time we have to do this, I feel like, oh my God, what's my high? What's my low? I know. I'm sorry. Um, Okay. Duh. My high is... No, low, low, low. Ooh. (laughs) Sorry. I know you have a high at the ready. Dang. Dang. I guess my low would be the reasons that the royals had to change their social media policy. Yeah, that's extremely fair. Yeah. Like, very sad that they had to step in because people are absolutely disgusting on social media. Ugh, get it together, society. Um, That's very fair. My eternal low is we have no season three off the ground. (laughs) Because I think that's the most fun way to learn about Prince Charles' investiture would be to see it play out in a hundred million dollar show on Netflix. I know. Anytime I see something on the crown, I'm like, I am now an expert on this. Yeah, hundred percent. Remember that fog episode? Yeah, now I know everything about fog from <laughs> only watching that. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, bummer. Uh so those are that's my low. Um how about your high? My high, this is probably not going to surprise anyone, but my high is the journey of learning what broody and ditty means. I loved, I just loved broody. I'm so happy that you were on that journey with me, that yeah. we were G-chatting throughout the day. Yeah. It was it was really like you and me in this together. Just feeling super Princess broods. Lisa and her royal consort. <laughs> feeling super broods. Um, my high is also in the baby vein was the Lottie. The Lottie thing. It really is from Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, well, sure. I mean, it's a downer of a musical. It's not happy. Well, again, but I don't know anything about it. Christine Denier, she can really sing. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well. <laughs> or um, my other high would be the dog. So really, in any, like, a good week for me, a good week in royal news is a dog and a baby in general. So we got a lot of that this week. Baby stuff and 
uh, at least a glimpse of a dog. A dog that someone is the proud parent of. Indeed. Who Some, someone's dog. We don't know. <laughs> someone's it was dog. definitely a dog. It was running like a dog, so it wasn't a cat. <laughs> That's all we know. Uh, excellent. Uh, thank you. And thank you, Lottie, for existing. Um, until next week, you can drop us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com to ask us any and all questions about the royals or to speculate on dog breeds. Um, deeply appreciated. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Here is a real review. Well, should we we have two here that we captured. Um, I'll do the short one. You do the long one. Sure. Um, the short one is just new favorite podcast from Tweet with like a million E's. Love this podcast and these ladies listen to it every week. Um, Our producer about- is laughing because he thinks Tweet is funny. Tweet! Um, and how about the other one? It's from Z Jones 24 Totally not stuffy. Look forward to this podcast every week. I've been hooked on the Royals since I was in 11th grade when I stayed up all night to watch Will and Kate's wedding. What the heck? Another person trying to make me feel old. No, we're, <laughs> Kaylin, we're in our 30s. Unless you were exactly 24 when William and Kate got married. I don't want to hear from you. <laughs> Just kidding. I want to hear from everybody. Um, they continue so much so that I currently work in America's Castle, the Biltmore Estate, as a florist. That's awesome. That is awesome. That's so awesome. What a cool job. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I want to see pictures of the Biltmore Estate covered in flowers. Oh, my God. Okay, hold on. I got to go on. Um, and listen to the podcast every Thursday as I wander the halls of America's largest home, watering plants and checking arrangements, imagining I'm actually at Buckingham Palace. Don't judge. Don't judge. You have the coolest job I've ever heard. I know. I'm rethinking my entire life. Yeah. Like, all the decisions that led me here. Why? What a beautiful, peaceful existence. You're just surrounded by the glory of this home and you're working with plants and watering them all day? Yeah, and like history. Wow, cool job, Z Jones 24. Um, they, they say, keep on keeping on and I'll be listening all the way. Wow, cool. Oh my gosh, our podcast lives in the hollowed halls of the Biltmore Estate. <laughs> That's a great point. I feel better about this life I've chosen that doesn't involve being a florist. Um, In the journey further into your 30s. (laughs) Welcome to 32, hun. It's actually the same as 31. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, Follow the show on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. You can follow me, Caitlin, at HeyKMenz, H-E-Y-K-M-E-N-Z on Twitter and Instagram and read my writing at CaitlinMenza.com. And... I'm Lisa. You can follow me at Lisa Raya on Twitter and Instagram. Sometimes. And, I mean, I always accept. Mm-hmm. I, I put it to private, mm-hmm. but I put it to private so like listeners can follow and like I accept, yeah. but like so that random people can't. Yeah, I listen. As we discussed today, social media, very treacherous. I know. Anyway, so you guys can follow me there if you want. Like, <laughs> I know you're legit. Um, and then my writing at the cut yeah lots of royal stuff these days yeah i mean always but yeah a lot of royals writing yeah um and until next week when i'm old and withered and gray god save the pot good luck caitlin (laughs) (laughs) i actually haven't found any gray hairs yet have you should it i'm not saying that on the podcast (laughs) her majesties of royally obsessed have retired for this episode God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.